How much should I give? A little or a lot? And how should I give? Cheerfully or grudgingly? A couple of key questions we'll address next on Abounding Grace. This is amazing grace. God gave us His Son, an indescribable gift which we ought to be eternally grateful for. And today on Abounding Grace, we come to realize when we give, we're giving to the God that gave. Pastor Ed Taylor is going to draw out a few valuable principles for giving from 2 Corinthians 9. Among the things we'll discuss is how much we should give and what should our attitude be like when we drop a check in the collection box. Paul back in 2 Corinthians is saying, okay, you guys gave your word. Why? It's almost as if he's, why do I need to remind you? But I will. And I don't want it. Now that I'm reminding you, you put me in such a bind at the end there in verse uh, 5. Now, they made a willing commitment a long time ago, about a year earlier. Now that they haven't given, they have to be reminded. And now, you know, you can get all upset when you're being reminded. And he says, I don't want it to be grudging. I don't want your heart to change. I don't want it to be a grudging obligation. But, verse 6, I say this, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Now, once they were reminded... Now he's challenging them, and he's leading them into this spiritual teaching of sowing and reaping. I love how the message translation translates verses 6 and 7. It goes this, it reads this way. Remember, a stingy planter gets a stingy crop, and a lavish planter gets a lavish crop. I want each of you to take plenty of time to think it over and make up your own mind what you're going to give. That will protect you against sob stories and arm twisting. God loves it when the giver delights in the giving. I thought that was a good paraphrase of this section. God loves it when the giver delights in giving. And using the picture of a farmer sowing seed, we remember the simple truth that the crop is always in proportion to the sowing. That's just a simple truth. Ask any farmer Farmers will tell you, the crop is proportionate to what's been sown. This is very important to grasp. This is very important for us to understand. Paul is sharing that just as there's natural laws, there are also spiritual laws. We can cooperate with them or we can go against them. But like the law of gravity, it's just there. And generally, with some exceptions, you can you can't overcome the law of gravity. I mean, even if you do use the, what is it, the third or the fourth or the fifth law of thermodynamics, what is it? Even if you use one of the other laws that will temporarily take you above 
you know, like an airplane or, you know, it's something that, but once you run out of gas and you're no longer to be able to propel yourself over gravity, gravity always wins. There's the spiritual law as well of sowing and reaping. You might be able to avoid it for a little while, but it's always there and it's always constant and it will always win. You can't supersede it. Maybe for a season, but not for the long term. Gravity being there, it just doesn't stop. It will win. Spiritually, that's true as well. The absolute law of God is in giving, in giving is in direct proportion to your giving. Direct proportion. But pastor, you know, I see people holding back and they're not real givers at all and they seem so blessed and overflowing for a season. You might be able to get away with something or temporarily believe you're getting away with something for a season, but God's spiritual laws ultimately win. Didn't we learn with the children of Israel over and over again through our study in Nehemiah? Didn't we listen to Malachi when he said, you bring your tithes into the storehouses? God even told them, test me. Test me on this. You know, in one place in the Bible, the Bible says, don't tempt the Lord your God. And at the same time, God lays before you something completely obvious. He says, you, want, you really want to see faithfulness? Test me in this. Test me in your giving. Test me in this area of releasing that which you're holding back for yourself. And this has been so misrepresented, so misused, where it's been used as a gimmick by ministries to say, you know, if you... You give to this ministry, you give abundantly, then God is going to give you some and they'll make up the number some 500 fold or 800 fold as if now our giving demands from God whatever multiplication number uh, that we use. And it's just a gimmick to raise money for the ministry. This isn't a, the Bible is not a gimmick. The motive of giving is not to get. But God tells you this, you'll be blessed. Don't know how he's going to multiply I don't know how he's going to open the heavens in your particular situation. I don't know how he's going to show himself faithful. But I do know this. If you have been sowing sparingly, you will reap sparingly. You can't get around it. And even if you are reaping abundantly right now, God is being very gracious with you and very patient with you. He's being very merciful to you. He's not rewarding your lack of obedience. Not only that, but he says in the, the methodology of giving, he also speaks to the motive of giving. Don't give grudgingly. Don't give of necessity in the New King James. Some of your Bibles might say compulsion. Don't give or like the message. Don't give me some sob story or arm twisting. And I've mentioned many times before, your giving is between you and the Lord. And if you have a grudging heart and it's just, you know, you're, you're just overwhelmed with, man, I don't, I don't want to give. This church doesn't need it or that church doesn't need it or whatever. Just keep it. Know that you're taking your chances with the Lord, but just keep it. He says, don't give grudgingly, so don't give. Wait till your grudging, hard, messed up heart is fixed with the Lord and then give. Don't give grudgingly. Well, you know how much we could do with this money. Then go do it. God's entrusted the money with you. You want to, I could do so much. Well, then just go do it. And just see how, what the Lord, you got to deal with with the Lord. And over and over and over again, I found 
It's not, it's, again, these are general statements, but generally they apply. When we're sitting down with someone in the office and we're pleading over their marriage and the difficulties in their marriage and the hardships of their marriage, when we get down to the root of it, part of what they're having a problem with is giving. Now you say, well, then they tithe. That's not the point. They're having a hard time giving themselves to their spouse. They're having a hard time giving themselves to the Lord. They're having a hard time giving themselves to the truth of God's word. And many times you trace it back. They don't give faithfully to the Lord either. Because their whole world is upside down. And let me tell you this, friend. If you're struggling or wrestling in the spiritual realm as a single person or as a married person, and you're just upside down in, in your spiritual walk and you're having difficulties, I want you to go back for yourself. And I want you to look at your checkbook And I want you to see if you're a faithful giver. Because that's easy. That's an easy place to start obeying the Lord. There's a lot of other things in life that are harder in obedience. But if you're looking for an easy way to start a life of obedience, would you please obey the Lord and start giving? It is so much more blessed to give than to receive, the Bible says. Some of you have a hard time receiving gifts. I know I do. I almost immediately feel like I need to give you something back. Do you ever feel that? Anybody feel like that? And I need to give you something back just a little bit more. Just the newer version. or And, and it's not, I'm, I'm not like wanting to one-up you. I just, well, I guess maybe I am a little bit. Um, but I want to express my own giving back to you. It's, it's hard. It's hard to receive a gift. But it, it's not hard to give. It's not. I, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy giving gifts to my kids. I enjoy giving gifts to my wife. I enjoy giving gifts. Clo- I, I love just a little gift card or something. Just like, man, you know, you've blessed me or you've worked hard or, you know, whatever it might be. Time off or any, anything like that. Just, man, it's so good to give. And it's hard to receive. But because it's so good to give, I don't know why we stumble over that so much in our giving to the Lord and that's where the Corinthian church is they made a commitment they previously promised they were excited they got all kinds of churches excited and then they had these guys come in and mess with them and turn them against Paul and float some false teachings in there and they got off track Paul learns about it writes this letter remember 2 Corinthians is the most pastoral letter that there is and in that, that pastoral letter, he's just bearing his heart. And finally, he comes back after he's done bearing his heart. He says, you guys, you believers, you followers of Jesus, you've got to get back to your giving. But not only, not only do we have the motive of giving in the negative, not grudgingly. That's the negative side or necessity. But the positive motivation is one, you purpose, verse 7, as you purpose in your heart. Because God loves a cheerful giver. He loves it when you cheerfully give. Fulfill your obligations before him. It's something that he loves. I want to be a part of something that God loves. The Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only son. His only begotten son. So that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. I was under that fountain of love too. When somebody preached the gospel to me. I want to be around the things that God loves. And what he told me is this rotten sinner that was rebellious against him, that he loved me and sent his son to die for me. 
and rose again, that Jesus lived again, and some man preached the gospel to me. A pastor, Jeff Johnson, told me the gospel. And he wasn't the first time I heard the gospel, but it was the time that I heard the gospel and responded to it. I'd heard it many times before. And I didn't know that I was setting up my life to be in a place, to be around things that God loves. He loved me. I want to experience that love. And now the Bible says that God loves a cheerful giver. I remember, I wrote it down, I remember listening to this Bible study many years ago in California, driving to work, listening to Chuck Swindoll on K-Wave. And I remember he said this phrase that it just it gave me a new perspective. He wrote, I wrote next to it in my Bible when I finally got to the office, that God loves a hilarious giver. That was the way he brought out the Greek language there. Like it's just, man, it's overwhelming. You know, the kind of laughing and cheer that you do where you just, you're crying and your gut is busting and you're like, oh, I can't stop it. I can't laugh anymore. That you're just like, man, God, every soul that's saved I get to be a part of because I'm sowing seeds into your kingdom. Every, every penny that goes is a penny that's used for the kingdom. And I know we've spoken about in previous times that maybe you've been taken advantage of and maybe you've been hurt. And it bears repeating again. And it's probably been repeated in every one of these studies. I'm not sure. But it's so important that if you've ever been burned or you've ever been taken advantage of by a ministry, I just want you to know you gave to the Lord and the Lord will honor that giving. And he'll deal with the people that ripped you off. And so just trust him. And don't let your heart get all hard of giving just because somebody took advantage of your genuine desire to be a part of something. And it's amazing, even some of those ministries, people get saved because the word of God goes forth. And God's word will not return void. We may not yoke with those ministries. We may not you know, support those ministries. or, or we, we, we don't. But man, Paul came to a place where he said that people would preach the gospel even from selfish ambition. And Paul was able to say, hey man, even if they preach the gospel, at least they're preaching the gospel. Because the word of God won't return void. And he just recognized that it wasn't going to be his deal. It wasn't going to be his responsibility to deal with those guys. God's going to deal with them. He's just going to preach the gospel through sincere motives. He wrote that to the church in Philippi. God loves a cheerful giver, a happy giver. One that realizes when I give, I'm giving to the God who gave. God loves that giver that realizes that when I give, I'm giving to the God who gave. Remember King David? King David had such a great desire to build the temple. That was on his heart. He wanted to build a house for God, a place of worship where God would be honored, God would be worshipped. But God said, what did he say to David? He said, no, your hands are bloody, they're hands of war. You won't be building me a temple. But you know what God didn't say? God didn't say that he couldn't collect everything for the building of the temple. He didn't say he couldn't participate. He didn't say that David couldn't use his influence and and his zeal. That while he won't be able to build the temple, he could certainly collect everything that was needed for the temple. And that's exactly what he did. First Chronicles, verse 10. David can't build the temple, but he wasn't told he couldn't get the things for the temple. Now notice at the, the prayer, this prayer he offers of thanksgiving. Therefore, David blessed the Lord before all the congregation. And he said, blessed are you, Lord God of Israel, our father forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power and the glory, the victory, the majesty 
For all that's in heaven and is in earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord. And you are exalted as head over all. But riches and honor come from you. And you reign over all. In your hand is power and might. And in your hand is the, it is to make great and to give strength to all. Now, therefore, our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to offer? Listen to this. Who are we that we should be able to offer so willingly as this? Because all things come from you. And of your own we have given you. We're aliens and pilgrims before you. And as were all our fathers, our days on earth are as a shadow and even without hope. O Lord, our God, all this abundance that we prepared to build you a house for your holy name is from your hand, and it is all your own. That's exactly what happens when we give. It doesn't, it's not ours. All this stuff has come from you, Lord. It belongs to you. It's all yours. It just should flow through us. And as we leave here and head out, we're going to save the second half of the chapter till next time. Just, you know, as a pastor, I, I just don't want you ever to feel pressured to give. Don't ever feel pressured to give. Not here at Calvary, not there. Not if you're flipping through the channels on, the, on a radio station or a television station. Not even if we put a flyer out, because we do from time to time here at Calvary. We'll say, we've been praying, and we've got vision for this, and we think God's in this. We've done that at every step. I remember even when we were in the school, we were so excited that maybe the Lord was going to give us a building that Pastor Michael, he's such a talented guy, uh, with, he made a little model. You know, he made a little model and we had it in the middle of the school in the foyer. It was just, just a square because that's what the building is. That's all it was, it was a square. But it was our square, you know. It was going to be our square on this piece of land that was just weeds and, and dirt and trees that we cut down. And we always had to come and cut the lawn here and, and make sure we took care of it so the city wouldn't give us tickets. And, and we had that little model there. But that model wasn't there to pressure anyone. That model wasn't there. You know, if you looked at it from a distance and you went up and you looked in and there's just a picture of Ed, give. You know, it wasn't like that. <laughs> it wasn't designed to manipulate. It wasn't designed to... It, what it was designed to do is give you vision and stir your heart should you want to be a part of. Hey, yeah, one day, you know that piece of dirt that we bought, you know, that the Lord gave us, that he gave us a great deal on? Yeah, I know it's just a piece of dirt and it has our sign on it and we're wondering if anything will ever be built on it. Well, this is what we think we can build on it and it's this little cardboard thing. Would you like to be a part of it? Even when we do something like that, we lay before you, hey, I think uh, maybe the Lord wants us in radio. Or and you're like, what? It's crazy. I know. It's crazy. It's crazy good. And look what God has done through radio. A radio station that you can trust. That you know anytime you turn it on, it's going to be edifying. It's going to build you. It's going to give you the word. If it's not going to be the word of God and we don't have somebody to fill a slot to teach, then it's going to be music that edifies and builds up. It's going to be worship music and some of the new contemporary. It's going to be something that honors God. And what we lay it before you, we don't lay things before you to pressure you. We put a little flyer in the bulletin because we will. We'll put a, you know, maybe we'll build another model one day or we'll lay before you some crazy opportunity or, you know, the, whatever the timing of the Lord. I, I say all this to say, don't feel pressure to give. But pray for a heart to be excited. 
because many of you weren't with us in this school. You know that? You joined us after the building. Many of you. How many by hands joined us after the building? Look around. Look around. I want you guys that have hands and you guys watching on the internet, because when we were in the school, we didn't have internet services and we weren't on the radio live like this. I want all of you in your heart tonight, just when you go to sleep, I want you to thank the 500 people that were in the school that helped give to build this building. That got us to the place where we could just dig up the big rock that was in the corner over there and put up a little building so that we could gather together. Just think in your heart the people. Some of you were here, and you can thank yourself. <laughs> you can thank the Lord as your faithful giving and your faithful service prepared the way. And everyone listening on radio, you can pray and you can thank the faithful congregation of Calvary Aurora. That's many people, I, I couldn't tell you how many emails I got of people saying I was crazy in a hundred different languages, a hundred different words, I should say, a hundred different ways of saying, you guys, this, you're a church, you're not a radio. And I'm like, man, don't, you don't have to explain that to me. I know we're a church and I know we're not a radio station. I know we don't know how, what we're doing. I know we don't even know how it's going to work. But I do know this, God's put it before us, so we need to go forward with it. I do know it's from the Lord. I don't, know all, I don't have all the answers of what it's going to look like next year or tomorrow. I don't know all the engineering. I don't understand. I still don't understand any of it. But I do know this. I don't need to understand to obey. We're just going to move forward. And so everybody listening on, on Grace FM, in the, you know, again, people are giving through Grace FM right now, and we appreciate that. But Grace FM happened through the faithful giving of the folks at Calvary Aurora. You guys that caught the vision. You guys that give of your tithes and offerings. You guys that maybe write a little extra and say, you know, send it to missions or outreach. It's, it's the congregation. You know, you, you think, if, you know, again, you maybe, don't, maybe you, just, you don't make a lot of money and you don't give a lot because you don't make a lot. And, and God, remember, we already learned that. It doesn't matter. God doesn't count proportionate like we do. Um, it's, not, it's not like that. But, but man, to think, you know, maybe the Lord, maybe the enemy has come in against you like you're insignificant or like your life doesn't make a difference or like you're just struggling right now and, and you don't see, but you've given faithfully through the life of this church. You know, Bible studies come through Grace FM 24 hours a day, seven days a week from Cheyenne, Wyoming, soon to be the border of Pueblo. That's, yeah, we have one person happy, and that's good. We're all happy about that, but I want you to feel the scope of that. Um, we're going to be sending Bibles out with somebody who has a burden at Metro State. You know, when that Bible is given out, it was your faithful giving. That somebody's just going to get a Bible because some student at Metro State that's part of a family here at Calvary just wants to give Bibles away in Jesus' name. Or we had somebody, it wasn't announced, it wasn't part of a ministry is just a brother in the church that organized a group of people to make all these sandwiches on Thanksgiving and just go feed people sandwiches in Jesus name downtown and you know that's faithfulness of giving and I can go on and on and you know we we need some of these stories sometimes to encourage us but we really don't because the spirit of God dwells in us and he's the one he's the one that motivates us not to give grudgingly or out of necessity because God loves a cheerful giver. He sure does. And what a privilege and honor it is to give to the Lord that gave. 
And we want to take this opportunity to thank those of you that have given to Abounding Grace over the years. I wish you could see all the letters and emails and calls that we receive testifying that God is doing a great work over the radio. And you've helped to make that possible. So thank you very, very much. Pastor Ed Taylor's message, a little or a lot, cheerfully or grudgingly, can be heard online at AboundingGraceRadio.com. We also offer an app, which is another great way to listen to Pastor Ed. Just search for Calvary Aurora. Each month, we pick out a book that we think can really help your walk with the Lord. And here in October, it's The Third Option by Miles McPherson. It's not hard to see that racial tension is high in America today. And maybe you're wondering, is there hope for a racially divided nation? I'm glad to say there is. In the third option, Pastor Miles shares what that is and encourages the reader to rise above the issues that divide us and be part of something bigger. You'll also be challenged to fully embrace God's goodness and power. To get a copy of the third option for a donation of $25 or more, just call us at 877-30-GRACE. That number again, 877-30-GRACE. Join us next time as we study through 2 Corinthians with Pastor Ed Taylor and learn of God's abounding grace. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. 